So I have two things I want to talk about today. Um, this is kind of a, a new, or slightly different format. Um, this isn't really covering the news of the day, um, while it is, you know, still topical. Um, but the last mm, twelve hours have been kind of a roller coaster for me. Uh, I got a little bit of whiplash, all that stuff. Uh, but I'm actually going to reverse it to 2012. So. In 2012, uh, I was very disillusioned, I would say, with the Obama administration. Um, I didn't feel he was aggressive enough in his approach. I thought that his constant putting out the olive branch to the Republican Party, hoping they would regain their sanity and suddenly start working with him, uh, was extremely naive. Um, and I think all of his advisors were also extremely naive in that. I think he should have been a much more aggressive president. Uh, he should have gone after the people that screwed up in 2008. I think he should have uh, gone after, you know, ended the wars, obviously, but prosecuted the people that got us into those wars. I think he should have given Republicans the bird when it came to Abu Ghraib and, uh, you know, our own military prisons and just been like, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing these people. There's no due process. That's not who we are. Um, you know, he did a lot of good, but... I, I felt like he was extremely ineffective and wasn't really focusing on the things that I wanted a president to focus on. And obviously I wasn't a huge Mitt Romney fan, uh, regardless of his current turn where he's speaking his mind and uh, telling everyone what he really thinks of the Republican Party, which is extremely entertaining. I, I will admit I love I love this no gives you know no fucks left to give Mitt Romney than the 2012 Mitt Romney. Now to be fair, uh, I never held his uh, Mormonism religion against him. Uh, a lot of people did, especially on the right. You had the, the Christian nationalists, so we didn't you know, know we're Christian nationalists at the time. But it turns out they really have a, a tough time with uh, Mormons. And I never felt like this man was immoral, right? Um, he, and I don't think he was wrong. In a lot of his statements uh for example the media and the left gave him a lot of shit for uh saying at a private dinner hey you know i forget the percentage something like 45 percent of the country is just going to vote obama no matter what and while everyone was like oh, he's saying america's partisan or whatever the hell i was sitting here like he's not wrong um why wouldn't he say that like i didn't understand what the controversy was um, if anything, I think he should have said that openly at a rally rather than behind closed doors at a private dinner. Um, he should have really come out and told the truth. Uh, probably would have done better for him. Um, the only thing I had a problem with him was his vice presidential pick, uh, which is obviously the most consequential thing a candidate for president who's never been president can do is, you know, that signals where their thinking is. Uh, sometimes this is, eh, and sometimes it's a, it's a downfall for him. That was a negative, but I was never really on board the Romney train to begin with. So during that period of time, I was looking for outside support. Uh, I didn't need my group to win. I just wanted a group. And in this case, uh, the biggest group in Washington state where I lived at the time was the Green Party. Now, if you go onto their website and you look up what they believe and what they don't and, you know, their public face, uh, it's pretty decent. I mean, they believe in peace, uh, no war. That's always a plus for me. I love no war. 
Uh, and uh, obviously they were very pro-environmental, which again, for me, born the generation I was, and you know, looking out the window from time to time, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see with my own eyes and feel the the heat rising right so this wasn't this wasn't a new thing for me and uh, obviously the democrats had been slow walking their thing uh i think that has to do with gore losing i think they saw gore as a loser therefore we shouldn't advocate for anything that he advocated for because obviously that's a loser uh again the democratic party always taking the wrong lessons from elections um so I went to a few of their meetings, and uh, obviously the meetings were pretty small, no more than 20 people at most, I think. Uh, small rooms, nothing major, um, and yeah, they seemed like good people. Goofy, uh, and I also thought very inept at politics. Uh, I recall uh, one particular issue they were mad about, um, trains in Washington State being used to transport coal from you know location A to location B, and they didn't like it because the way that it's transported isn't very well regulated. So you have coal dust and whatever, you know, spilling off of the trains into the environment and into local communities. And they were really mad about that. So they wanted to stop the trains. And I got a lot of side eye for just suggesting, hey, why don't instead of that, uh, we argue for uh, protective measures to prevent this or take a page from the Republicans book if we can't stop it um, introduce so many amendments and everything else to slow walk it and kill it slowly basically um, and they all looked at me like I was crazy it was an all-or-nothing approach but again I wasn't averse to this I thought it was a little weird and I was like well of course they're not the pros they're not the big boys you know the Democrats and the Republicans have the financial means to actually hire people that know how to do this shit um, and the Green Party does not um, so I went to a few meetings, it's fine, uh, and, but one day there was a particular meeting uh, and Jill Stein was there. Uh, she wasn't there for the meeting. She showed up, gave a speech, eh, uh, it, it, was a, it was a canned, recycled bullet point, you know, bam, 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 these are the things I'm going after Obama for, and then she left. Um, Okay, she was unimpressive, but that wasn't that wasn't the real point of that particular meeting. This meeting was in a much larger hall in downtown Seattle. Uh, there were a lot more people there, um, maybe 200, you know. But the point of this meeting was to nominate and elect candidates to Green Party statewide offices. Um, this happens with every political party. It's It's nothing new. Uh, but in Washington state, they had enough support to where they actually needed a chairperson, that person needed a staff, um, you know, so on and so forth to help with recruit recruitment efforts and whatnot. Um, and, you know, we were there to listen to these candidates speak and then vote on them. The first red flag was there were more than a few 9-11 uh, truthers. If you don't know who that is, Bless your heart. You're very lucky. If you don't, those are the people that basically think that 9-11 was an inside job. That if not Bush himself, uh, some elements within the government of the United States either allowed 9-11 to happen or facilitated it and then just blamed the terrorists. Um, that was a red flag. But 
I didn't think of it much. I mean, back then, conspiracy theories were more quaint and cute than they are today, where today it's a very, I would almost say it's an epidemic uh, in the United States with conspiracy theories. Um, but back then, I was willing to overlook it. I was like, okay, they're fucking crazy. I'm not voting for them, whatever. They still got elected to their seats. No problem. <clears throat> the massive red flag and the one that really fucked me up was this one guy got up. I forget the position he was running for. Uh, but again, a statewide position. And he gets up in front of the crowd. And uh, he goes on this. You, you ever hear a politician? They're like, and we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And they keep ramping it up and ramping it up. And if it's done well, the audience is right there ramping up with them. You know, like, yeah, yeah, woo! You know, at the end, right? And, and you know, it ends in a big, huge standing ovation. And yeah, you know, every politician who's good like does this very well and uh obviously speech writers love these moments uh it, it really is it's a good one well this guy went off on one of those and it was an anti-obama tirade and first he's like and i don't care how educated he is and everyone's like yeah and i don't care how smart he is yeah and i don't care how nice he is yeah and then, I don't care how black he is! And, no shit, standing ovation. The entire room, wah! Standing ovation. Cheers, yells, the whole thing, as I'm picking my jaw up off of the floor. Now, had he said that, uh, my initial reaction was on him, and it was just like, wow, okay! Great. I am never voting for you. You have got some closeted racist issues. My issue was the huge standing ovation that this guy got. I'm pretty sure I was the only person not applauding this man at that time in the room. And that signaled to me that I was all by myself in a sea of extremely closeted racists. Uh, if they weren't openly racist, they were closeted. These are the people who go around... Uh, with their um, uh, microaggressions against minorities all day long and have no idea that they're doing it, right? I mean, th that's the most generous type of racist, I guess, uh, or at least the generous in interpretation of a racist is like, they're just racist at a level where it's benign, like they don't wish harm on them, but they just have no, it's all over their heads. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about or what they're doing. Um, but that room was filled with them. And I thought about that because there are two articles in The Nation recently uh, by one of my, my, my favorite writers, the only reason I even got The Nation, Ellie Mustel, uh, which is titled, and I'll, I'll link it, it's uh, titled, Biden's Israel-Palestine Policy Could Cost Him the Election. Uh, and the subtitle is The President's Blank Check Support of Israel's War on Gaza is Alienating Many of the Black and Brown Voters He Needs to Win Re-Election. Now, he takes it from the, you know, uh, point of view that, uh, you know, Biden's having this uh, bear hug BB approach, it's described as. And basically the idea is, I'm going to bear hug him i'm gonna wrap my arms around him and be like yes netanyahu i love you so much so that way when netanyahu or his cabinet is like we need to kill all the palestinians 
he's like, okay, but, but chill. Remember, I'm on your side. I love you, BB. Uh, and then, and then he calms down. Um, that, that's the approach he's currently giving. And unfortunately, whether or not that is a good strategy or not, time will tell. Uh, personally, I don't trust Benjamin Netanyahu as far as I could throw him. I think he is, at best, he has cornered himself to the point that he has to do what the genocidal maniacs within his caucus want him to do. That's the best case scenario. Uh, obviously, the worst case is that he's complicit and he also wants to go genocidal on some Palestinians as well. Um, but, you know, his lens is, you know, he is a black man and he's trying to tell you that there are communities within the United States who don't see a blank check approach to any administration, let alone one that is occupying and living in an apartheid state with a with a minority uh that this this is just bad and you know that this is a, a constant me thing cats uh this is a this is a constant me thing with uh you know absolute power corrupts absolutely um it's it's not a me thing it's it's a very famous saying but it, it's one that i truly do believe i think evidence and science and history has backed it up every single time you give unfettered power to people or a group it turns out badly it just never works the way that people would like it to we all like to believe that there's a benevolent leader who has our best interests and is going to do the right thing always because they have a great moral compass um that's not humanity sorry um you know, I think that's why we like comic books so much is that we see humans being given an extraordinary amount of power. And in our comics, in our, you know, dreams, basically, our imaginations, we picture human beings always doing the right thing. Um, I just... I live in reality, and that's just not the case. So he has this piece and and he's bringing it up and he's talking about how you know um it's extremely sad what is happening over there with civilian deaths Israeli civilian deaths and Palestinian uh he's pointing out that the idea that children on both sides are being killed is flat out wrong and an impossible thought to wrap your head around uh and he's he's looking at it through a political lens like he's not trying to justify hey you should support the two-state solution or you should support this or whatever and he, he's got no dog in the fight he's not palestinian he's not israeli he's uh he's he's neither um you know uh, but from a political point of view he points out that black and brown americans voters who joe biden is going to need to have to win the next time around uh are probably giving biden some side eye right now like what the fuck are you doing dude um now i've talked about this before uh biden has a weird history he's he reminds me almost of teddy roosevelt in that i don't believe either one of them was racist however both of them really don't give a shit about brown people 
in other countries. Uh, this was also Teddy Roosevelt. This was uh, one of his things was he's he's incredibly non-racist with American black people. Um, I mean, he was the first president to invite a black man to dinner at the White House, uh, and he received a shit ton of like blowback for that. Um, and, and, and he often spoke about, you know, equality and all that. But when it came to anyone outside the United States... Like, he was just batshit insane, didn't give a fuck. And with Biden's Afghanistan policy, I kind of saw the same parallel there. Um, that he talks a good game, and here in the States he might be okay, but when it comes to brown people outside the U.S., Joe Biden has a history of really not giving a fuck. Uh, this also goes back to his Senate Armed Services Committee days, uh, where, you know, he really just doesn't care. So... Yeah, that's the lens that Ellie Mustel, and I forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong. I, I don't know. It looks like it's pronounced Mustel. My bad. Uh, the other one I saw in the Nation was titled "Why I Just Quit DSA," and this was printed uh, online on October 23rd. And I'm gonna screw this name up too. Written by Maurice Iserman. Iserman. I S S E R M A N. Uh, and he says, after over four decades as a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, one of the group's founding members is leaving in sorrow and anger. <clears throat> now, uh, personally, I think this guy's view is uh, incomplete, and that's that's generous, because it sounds more like how boomers are always complaining about the millennials. You know, like, oh, it's those damn kids and their weird ideas. Like, that's that's what this actually sounds like a lot of. Um, you know, he brings up that uh, the party has changed. It's all these new people coming in and taking over and forcing their opinions on his, on you know, down his throat. And he hates it, so he's leaving because he no longer agrees. Now, first off, you're allowed to leave a group. Uh, I think we need to encourage that. You know, if you want to join a group... Okay, it's not for me. Go go find another, you know, do, do your thing. You know, find out who you are and who you really, you know, agree with and match up well with. That's fine. Um, but the the second part, the, the second part of it isn't so much the boomer versus the new generation thing as it is uh, what the new generation is saying. Now, the DSA in New York, I think rightly uh, caught some flack for on October 8th of all days, uh, holding a march in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Now, I viewed it as, uh, and of course, uh, that this is an organization that I sympathize with, so I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, that they immediately saw an attack against Israelis as a means for Israelis to then attack Palestinians, and they wanted to just go ahead and, and get the message out, hey, we support them. Uh, and I didn't really look any more into it or past it. I thought the timing was bad. Honestly, that was my complaint, was the political ramifications of it. I was like, dude, there is a time and place for a pro-Palestinian march. The day after a terrorist attack against Israel is not one of them. Like, it is... It is bad optics. It makes us look bad. It, it, it really does not help anyone's cause. 
that was my that was my initial reaction to it and i was ready to leave it alone and leave it there and even after you know uh sarah silverman came out against it and was like fuck the dsa and you know it was very strange this article does point out that uh the dsa right now is ignoring its two most prominent members uh bernie sanders who's not a member actually of the dsa but you know he brought a lot of people to it um has come out unequivocally and said you know terrorism bad duh right and so has alexandria ocasio-cortez who as of now i think is a still a dues paying member um but there are other members uh within the dsa uh jamal bowman i think is one of them who have basically been purged because of their views uh and their views didn't align with the dsa and when you look into it it's like well what the hell did they do right like what's so horrible that a political party kicks out a member especially one who's elected in a group that doesn't have that much membership to begin with right um and it turns out that they are pro-israel existing yeah so this guy starts mentioning uh, about hello about a little over uh, halfway through this thing that um, there were chants at DSA conventions, national conventions, of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Um, that's fine, I guess. And to be fair, I do, now this guy disagrees with me. This guy is uh, very much anti-BDS, which is uh, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Uh, I am pro-BDS because I believe that is the only way you can get Israel to and it's apartheid state, right? I mean, we did it with South Africa, what the hell? Um, and I, I do find the government, uh, state governments and also federal with their, you know, bans on this. It's like, okay, I thought we were capitalists and we we're supposed to speak with our money and now you're telling us we can't and we have to support this thing that we don't want to. Nah. Uh, so I have a lot of problems with uh, BDS from the government's point of view. Um, but apparently it's you know the, the movement of targeting israel has become a very major talking point uh within dsa uh here for the to quote quote for the sectarians discrediting elected dsayers who failed that test that is uh uh not being you know uh anti-israel enough uh, helps to move the organization closer to the desired break with the Democratic Party. There was a serious push within DSA to sanction or even expel Representative Bowman for voting to approve U.S. funding for Israel's Iron Drone missile defense system and for traveling to Israel in 2021 on a trip sponsored by the liberal Zionist and pro-Palestinian rights group J Street. Um, unquote. So, you know, that there's, he, he's saying that there's already this historic movement within the party doing this, and uh, he's saying that, you know, he mentions Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, but he, he points out the DSA's National Political Committee, so this is a national tent, says, quote, today's events are a direct result of Israel's apartheid regime, 
a regime that receives billions in funding from the United States. Uh, and he says, uh, quote, at the event, uh, that this is the, the march on uh, October 8th, uh, you know, less than 24 hours after the attack, quote, one speaker would giddily note the slaughter by Hamas of hundreds of young, young, of young Israelis attending a concert in approving terms. And then he quotes this person. The resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. End quote. Of that person, that got a big laugh. There weren't a lot of DSAers in the audience, and no DSAers spoke from the podium, but the damage was done and not undeserved. Politically, you're judged by the company you keep. Uh, worse, uh, and then it mentions state and local levels, the Connecticut DSA tweeted... On October 8th, yesterday, the Palestinian resistance launched an unprecedented un anti-colonial struggle. And he writes for emphasis without providing any of the messy details as to what that struggle involved. Uh, San Francisco DSA issued on October 9th, Socialists support the Palestinian peoples and all peoples' right to resist and fight for their own liberation. This weekend's events are no different. Okay. So, and then uh, Seattle DSA put out a toolkit with the heading messaging guidance, uh, and DSAers were instructed that, quote, liberating colonized land is a real process that requires confrontation by any means necessary. Resistance comes in all forms, armed struggle, general strikes, and popular demonstration. All of it is legitimate, and all of it is necessary. And here's the part that really fucking bugs me. As for those killed on October 7th, the authors explained, matter-of-factly, again, this is in messaging guidelines and a toolkit handed out by Seattle DSA, quote, Settlers are not civilians in the sense of international law because they are military assets used to ensure continued control over stolen Palestinian land, end quote. Now, this is a big fucking problem that I have. Um, and it really is a massive thing because before I was content to have my head in the sand and ignore all of this, I tried so hard to be like, okay, New York DSA... I was being as generous as I could. I was like, look, they're New York. They do have a high population, a high contingent of Palestinians living there. And let's not forget, they have suffered their own massive terrorist attack firsthand. So it, I was like trying to connect dots and be like, okay, maybe, maybe since they witnessed, felt, 9-11 and they had a, a front row seat to the carnage and bullshit that happened as a result of the United States actions in the aftermath right um, that they're trying to head off that happening in Israel against the Palestinians I was trying to give them the most generous view of this but these quotes um is is insane to me settlers are not civilians they are military assets 
Now, I was in a DSA chat last night, and I didn't even bring this shit up. This, you know, I read it. Honestly, I glossed it over, and um, I wasn't really interested in what I thought, because I knew what I thought, right? I wanted to know what the group thought. Uh, and surprisingly, they did not respond to this. Uh, you know, I posted it, and it just kind of happened. Now, this is late at night, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe tomorrow morning when I log on, there will be a bunch of responses. I wasn't going to do anything. Uh, but then, on a different tab on the chat room page, uh, someone posted a pro-Hamas uh, publication. And I called him on it. I was like, dude, these, like, do you not know? Like, I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, they saw the right headline and they ran with it, right? Like, who hasn't done that in the age of the internet? We've, we've all made that mistake where we just see the headline that fits our preconceived narrative and we're like, yes, here's the evidence. And we throw it up there. And maybe even the article says exactly what we want to read, right? It's it's just on the nose. It's like, man, this agrees with me 100%. So we go ahead and send it. And we don't bother to do uh, a 10-second search like, who is this person? Like, I was trying so hard to give the benefit of the doubt of like, dude, uh, have you tried searching up this group? Do you know who they are? And it turns out that the founder of this group, I believe it's PFLP or something like that. Sorry, I, I'm not really that interested. But the founder of this group is a co-founder of Hamas, right? Um, and I'm like, mm, no. Um... Because I view the killing of civilians exactly as it is killing of civilians. These people are innocent. Um, if Hamas had done a surprise attack on October 7th against Israeli military bases, I still would have condemned it because I'm not in favor of killing, period. God forbid. I, I like peace and humans not killing each other. Um, but it would have been a little more defensible, right? You could be like, okay, well, they're... They're being oppressed by these people, and they're going after the people who are actually doing the oppressing. Okay. Again, I'm looking for bridges to cross. I'm looking for connections. I want to understand and agree with everyone, if I can. Um, but that is not what happened on October 7th. On October 7th, uh, armed terrorists went into Israel and killed... Men, women, and children. Children. Uh, they personally went to places they knew people were going to be at to kill them. Okay, it's no different than uh, a mass shooter here in the United States. A lot of them are just like, I went to that place because I knew a lot of people were going to be there. Bam, bam, bam. Same thing. All right. So, it, no, it's like, you're not, that, that's not your target. Like, and I thought this was pretty self-explanatory. This is pretty easy to, to do, right? It's, it's very simple. Terrorism, bad. Killing civilians, bad, right? Um, so anyway, I, I go on there and I, I, start, I start mentioning, you know, I'm doing my Google searches. I'm looking at the internet. I'm like, holy shit, guys. 
this this is not a good source this is not a reliable source we cannot trust them uh and if you associate yourselves with this the rest of the world and that's that's something i think is is very important in all of this is um okay so there's perception and there's reality and unfortunately perception very often is reality it's kind of like <clears throat> the bad slogan defund the police i agree with the sentiment I know what the people who, when they say defund the police, actually mean. And I know what the majority of that group actually mean. However, it's a bad slogan because of what's projected onto you when you say it. If you go out into any average community and you say, defund the police, most of those people are going to make assumptions about you. Right or wrong, that's the world you live in. So I was trying to explain if we copy top talking points from this particular publication, we will be seen as pro-terrorists and anti-Semitic. Okay, this group does not believe in the two-state solution. They specifically reject the two-state solution. Their solution is to destroy Israel. Like that is their stated goal that Israel no longer exists and that every Jew in Israel be eliminated. Either kicked the fuck out or flat out murdered. And just like the Green Party thing, it wasn't that someone posted this. Again, I, I don't know this person very well i they could have uh like i said they could have seen an article that you know hit all the right points in their brain and you know they were just so happy to see something that confirmed their narrative that they blah, put it out on the internet i was expecting a retraction of some kind i didn't get that um it wasn't the one person who posted it coming back at me that bothered me. It was the fact that I was the only one. The entire room, the entire chat turned on me. Um, they accused me of being a privileged white man. Sorry. Uh, and a spreader of Zionist propaganda. Amazingly, having those thrown at me did not garner anyone bringing up the community standards and, hey guys, don't, don't insult each other. No, it was only after I was like, Jesus people, why don't you just tell me what your final solution is? That's all of a sudden when the moderators came out and were like, whoa, 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 Kyle, 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 you can't go around saying that my jaw was on the floor and i was just sitting here it's late at night i'm like i should be fucking sleeping what the fuck am i doing if i'd have gone to bed at the right time amazingly if i'd have gone to bed as planned when i'm supposed to at my normal bedtime none of this would have happened i could have gone to bed 
Uh, sure, that idiot's post would have been up, but chances are by the time I woke up, you know, it would have been, you know, 20 posts up. I would not have scrolled up to see what people were talking about, you know, 12 hours ago. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. I come on. Oh, look, they're talking about this right now. Cool. I don't have the time to scroll backwards in time and see what everyone's saying. This whole thing would have been a complete non-starter. Um, but I am glad that it happened because it was nuts. All I kept, I mean, it, it, it was batshit to me. The local DSA chapter, which I had, I've been to a few meetings, I've eaten with these people. And the best I could get was someone saying that October 7th was objectively a bad day. Are we? No one would say killing civilians is bad. They said I am pro-colonization? Not. Uh, because I said killing civilians is bad and that terrorism is bad. One member went so far as to ask me, what's the difference between October 7th and the Boston Tea Party? If I have to explain it, no. No, I'm not. I'm not. Not going to explain it. Um, I very often say and do believe that Americans and voters, human beings in general, are among the stupidest fucking creatures ever, ever to exist. Uh, especially when it comes to voting. We are just idiots. A lot of us are uneducated buffoons who don't take the time of day to read things. A lot of us lack basic empathy. I mean, who the fuck sees terrorism happen, sees the death of women and children, and think, yeah, they fucking had it coming? Like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you saying? This is insane to me. But again, I was, I was hoping that I was in my own little pocket of DSA, my local DSA here, and that we all agreed on a basic fundamental. Killing civilians is bad, no matter who the fuck is doing it. Jesus. Uh, and also, Israel has a right to exist. This really pissed them off, too. They, they kept coming after me over this. They're like, I don't understand why Kyle keeps pushing this Israel has a right to exist nonsense. Okay. And I did say this in there. 99% of the world, 99% of countries, were born from bullshit. Either some asshole king drawing a line on a map in blood. Okay, how many stories of genocided people do we have to read of almost every country on this earth, right? Uh, the, Brazil right now speaks Portuguese because the original Brazilians were murdered by them. Do you suggest Brazil all of a sudden kick out the millions of people that live there, right? Uh, China is one huge mass, but that's actually very recent in Chinese history. It actually used to be, you know, a dozen different states. Does that mean it needs to be broken up? Uh, you know, I noticed that these people don't seem to care about Uyghur genocide over there. 
and, and they don't talk about Taiwan as having the right to self-determine. We're all about self-determination for the Palestinian people, uh, but at the expense of everyone else. It seems shocking to me because I'm just like, do you not understand history? Like, I, and I mentioned this before, in a perfect world, it would be fantastic if you could just delete Israel and everything would be fine. That's not reality. And it would be fantastic if we could delete the United States and just give the land back to all the Native Americans who are still alive and the rest of us can all just go fuck off. But the logistics of it, you're talking about that. And that was another thing that kept getting brought up. One guy uh, brought up more than once, and this is somebody I considered sane and rational, uh, kept bringing up the fact that, uh, and I didn't read too much into it because it was bullshit, but it was like 55% of Israelis do uh, would be welcomed back to their home country with open arms. And I'm like, so we're in favor of forced resettlement now? Like... My jaw could not fall onto the floor any farther. So, and again, it's not like I didn't have a single ally in this room. The best I got was that, hey, everyone, you know, this group has a lot of diverse views and we don't need to be fighting over. No, this is something you fight over. This is something you purge membership over, right? You should not be in favor of terrorism. I get the mantra, you know, one guy's terrorist is another guy's freedom fighter, but for fuck's sake, you don't kill innocent civilians. And I do not buy this bullshit that the DSA from Seattle put out saying settlers are not civilians, they're military assets. That is just justification to murder whoever the fuck you want. No! Bad. Bad humans. All of you. Um, it is insane to me your your moral compass if you can look at children being killed who gives a fuck who the children are or why they were killed if you look at them and are okay with it your moral compass is fucking broken completely and entirely you have no moral compass there is no line you're not willing to cross to achieve your ends Murder is perfectly fine with you. And the amazing thing, I mean, the, the, I mean, the way I know that they're overboard, they're batshit, was when they brought up stuff, this article they posted that's pro-Hamas was treated like, well, we have to consider all points of view. But when I said something, it was like, Kyle, whoa, whoa, the community standards say that you need to be a nice guy with this person. We have to get along and everything else. And I'm like, they're okay with killing kids. What the fuck? This should be a no-brainer. This, this reminds me of so many different stories throughout history. But the, for a most recent one, it was like you kept seeing hints of... Uh, Nazism, white supremacy in the Republican Party all through the 80s and 90s, and yeah, I know it was sooner, but, but you know, I mean mainstream, right? You had the pictures of Mitch McConnell accepting a gun in front of a Confederate flag, and you had uh, uh, other assholes uh, who aren't in Congress now, thankfully, but, but who used to, like, uh, go ahead and, and pal around with Nazis and refer to themselves as, uh, oh, I'm David Duke without the baggage, right? Those types. Um, and the left constantly would just be like, man, what the fuck is wrong with your party? You've got Nazis in your party. You have Confederates. 
You have white supremacists. They're right there. And the Republicans would always turn at us and be like, dude, don't worry. They're in the minority. They're a small contingent. And, and, but don't worry. Man. They agree with us on taxes in the Second Amendment. No! The only response to a Nazi in your midst is to kick them the fuck out of it. Like, like this is this was very serious for me. This this was very like I don't there's no nuance here. There's no understanding. And and here's another there is a difference between understanding why a people might resort to violence. I can understand Hamas. I can understand why a Palestinian wants to destroy an Israeli or their government. I get it. Like I can understand it. I don't have to condone it. I don't have to condone Israel's treatment of the Palestinians any more than I do Hamas's treatment of Israelis. I don't have to condone any of it. I can understand it and then disagree with it. But for the pure fact that I'm sitting here going, guys, look, I understand why the fuck Hamas is doing what they're doing. I do not agree with their methods. I wouldn't agree with anyone's methods who decided kids are expendable by any stretch. Um... That this is this is mind-boggling to me, and I mean, I guess one of the surprises was that they were surprised of me. It was like, okay, we haven't known each other very long, and uh, there hasn't been a massive school shooting since I have started coming to your meetings. Uh, so you don't know how strongly I fucking feel about this unless you heard who I was and then went back in time to all my you know podcasts about how much I fucking hate school shootings. But it was like, you guys should know, like, I have a very, like, clear line. And killing civilians... <laughs> cats. Killing civilians and children... Uh, no! No, no. Absolutely fucking not. Um, I'm not okay with that. And honestly, if you think it's okay to kill kids for your cause, I advocate for you to just take your kids out back and fucking murder them right now. Just get it over with, right? It's the cause. Celebrate the cause. Go ahead, send out your children as sacrificial lambs and murder the fuck out of them. Your kids, yours, not someone else's. Start with you. Start at home. Um, but this this is nuts to me. Uh, absolute craziness. Um, which brings me into another part of this. Um, so I was having a conversation with my friend, actually not related to this, uh, but we were we were talking about the tea party. And uh, how the Tea Party was co-opted. He believes that any third party type possibility uh, is immediately infiltrated by the government or by a political party and, uh, and, and broken up from the inside. Uh, si similar to this, right? Uh, and he believes the Tea Party was co-opted. But he believes it was co-opted in th that case by like billionaires. Now it was, kind of. It was amplified by them. But I don't think the billionaires filled it with a bunch of racist assholes. Um, the, the, the founder of the Tea Party, I believe, went in with the best of intentions, but didn't realize the world that he was in at the moment, right? Like, he decided to start a group that was uh, anti-tax, uh, or anti-debt, uh, and anti-tax during the country's, uh, during the first few months of the country's first black president. Never mind the fact, he did not start this party under George Bush, who started two wars and cut taxes at the same time and was like, what could go wrong, right? Like, 
Like, his whole point of the argument is about, you know, six years too late at best. If he really believed his bullshit, he should have started it sooner. Maybe there was stuff, you know, he wasn't politically engaged. Whatever. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. What I find interesting is that he had no idea what was going to happen. It's like, you didn't start this group under Bush. You started this group within months of us electing our first black president. Who did you think you were going to attract to your cause? These people don't care about the debt, or they would have already been protesting under the white president. Right? So, for him, like, I think the billionaires and the Tea Party, like, they they amplified each other. I think the billionaires uh, funded it. I think they got the attention of local journalists and blew it up way bigger than it ever had any right to be. And they made these people into stars who shouldn't have been. But you have to understand is like um, you have you have to consider timing. You have to consider messaging. It's like it's it's not just your message. It's what's going on around you at the time of this message going out. You know, are you considering that? A lot of us don't uh, through no fault of our own. I, I don't think it's it, it, it's a learned skill to constantly try to view the lens in that large worldview and then try to put out a message that is somehow correct for the time. The founder of the Tea Party in a perfect world would have seen what he was about to do, considered, hey, I didn't bring this up six years ago. I'm bringing it up now with a black man. There's a high probability that the type of people I'm going to attract don't really give a shit about taxes or debt. So... You know, when, when it comes to political parties in the DSA, I, I don't think the DSA or the Green Party are being co-opted like uh, why I just quit DSA writer. Like, he believes it's been totally taken over and it's whatever. And I don't believe it's a conspiracy. Uh, I think white supremacists and uh, Islamophobes and anti-Semites, and those two things are kind of the same, but anyway, uh, they are throughout the political spectrum. They are not of the right or the left. They're everywhere. And the ones on the left, they need a home. The Democratic Party is not friendly to racists, bigots, anti-Semites. Um, I do, and I still believe I'm correct in criticizing their response to, uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, you know, basically saying maybe Israel shouldn't be such assholes all the time. Uh, I, I do criticize them for that, but for the most part, if you're an Islamophobe, racist, uh, anti-Semite, you do not have a home or voice in the Democratic Party. And they don't need to. They're so large that your little $5 a month donation doesn't fucking matter. They can just kick you out. Or ignore you. Um, but in these smaller groups like the Green Party, and as I just am finding out in the DSA, those people need a home. The Dems aren't taking them. They're still leftists, you know, they still believe in socialism and all this other stuff, I think they're going overboard. I think the generous view is they 
are so contrarian that they just have to be against it. Like, it's not... I mean, consider who the DSA is. Now, I, I, I think I'm pretty pretty clear on Green Party. I think the Green Party, at least the one I went to, was very clearly a bunch of closeted racists um, going to the Green Party because the Dems wouldn't have them. That, I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Um, their leadership is corrupt anyway. They, they take money from Russia, so whatever. Uh, but when it comes to the DSA, my guess, my generous guess, would be that they are in the DSA because the very nature of the DSA isn't just we want to win elections and make a few things better like the the idea of the dsa is full-on revolution um be it like we want to change america now there are people like me who believe uh we should go about that slowly methodically get our victories where we can and you know uh what is it the path of justice always moves forward kind of a deal like like let's do this a little at a time uh, and I come from that point of view, first from practicality and, you know, morality, uh, but also just, like, I, I know the backlash. If you go too much too quickly, there's a backlash, uh, and if you do too much, it can hurt people. Like, that's why I'm not in favor, generally, of breaking the system. Like, some people advocate for the destruction of the United States, and I don't even care if they have a point. The thing they have to, you know, square with themselves is, you do understand that destroying the United States will hurt people. People will die because of this. People will be hurt. And the billionaires will be fine, right? You're not hurting them. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, every single one of those fuckers is going to be fine. They all have an escape pod. They can go somewhere else. They will find somewhere else. We don't have that luxury. I live in a normal, boring neighborhood in the middle of Alabama. If the United States collapses tomorrow, I'm in shit. I'm going to have a really rough time. I don't know how to out exist outside of this system. Not saying I couldn't, just saying there's going to be an adjustment period. It's highly probable people will die during that adjustment period. And there's no guarantee what replaces it afterwards. History doesn't have it. Again, I've done a podcast on this. Uh, you know, history, recent history, does not show a people rising up against their oppressors and having it be replaced with something that isn't, all re again, repressive. Uh, oppressive, excuse me. So this, this whole thing is just... I, I don't get... I thought it was very simple. Like, we can all agree killing kids is bad, right? Like... That that that's a low fucking bar, damn it. That that is an extremely low bar. Killing kids bad, right? Like it doesn't care who's doing the killing and who the kids are. Like it's bad. We should not do we should actively condone we should actively condemn that, right? If someone does it, we should be like, fuck that guy. They have no moral compass. They're evil human beings. No. Right? Like the bar was very low. 
So it bugged me. I mean, thankfully I didn't spend too much time with this group. I wasn't in there for an extremely long period of time. Um, I would not argue against joining the DSA if you're in a different locality. Um, but I do think if you're going to join a group, you need to ask very serious questions up front, not to the person you're talking to on the phone or the recruiter who, you know, or, or the chair, like ask it of the group. What do we think about this? Um, and engage it because the, the good thing about DSA is that it's disorganized and broken up and there are local groups. And I have to believe with as many local chapters as there are, there are a few of them that are anti-killing kids. The one I'm in apparently is not. And barring some outreach by them where they're like, hey, you're right, we talked about it, whatever, or, or something. Uh, I'm not going back to any meetings with them. Uh, I think the New York DSA is fucked up. I think Seattle's especially got some goddamn problems. I mean, how the fuck do you say civilians... You're justifying violence against fucking innocent people because of whatever. They're settlers. Like, are you sure? Like, do we know who these fucking people are? Like, how often do you think as you drive down the highway that you're on stolen Native American land? By, I mean, again, by their own logic, it would be totally cool with every Native American in this country, with every descendant of a slave family in this country, taking up arms and blowing us all the fuck away while we're just going, trying to go about our lives. I think reparations are fine. Restitution is definitely necessary. We need to treat them a hell of a lot better. I mean, th there are beginning steps we can take that we haven't, and I think we should, and I'll continue to fight and advocate for those things. But their right to kill me because I'm here illegally and I'm like, I, I was born here, man. I had no control over this shit. My parents were born here. They didn't have any control over this shit. You want to get mad at some descendant I've never even fucking heard of? Like, do I have blood on my hands? Maybe. I don't know who the fuck's in my family. My family tree is so branched out and we don't follow it. For all I know, I've got members of my family who own slaves. I, I don't think so, but I'm not 100%. I don't know who the fuck they are. Uh, there are portions of my family that when they married into it and became members, they were like, yeah, my family, fuck them. I don't, I don't want them. You don't need to. My grandfather was that way, right? He came in, married my grandmother. I have no idea who his family was. His family tree ends with him, right? That's it. We have... No idea who his dad was. I don't know his dad's name. I don't know what his job was. I don't know if he had any brothers or sisters. Cousins? Aunts? Uncles? I know nothing about him. That family could be as crooked as anything you've ever heard of. I would have no idea. So, I mean, if you want to judge me because I... I'm several generations into this shit. I had no control over it. I can't do anything about it. Where am I supposed to go? I'm a mutt. 
I'm English, Irish, German. Which, which one do I go to? You know, which one will have me? The justification of murdering innocent civilians. The justification, the attempted justification for forceful resettlement of fucking Jewish people. Like, good fucking God. How, like, uneducated and insensitive you have to be to say, you know what would solve the Israel problem? If we took all those Jews and forced them to live somewhere else. Like, if that's your fucking solution, there's this guy named Hitler. You'd probably get along with him. But that would be against the community standards. God forbid. We can talk about how killing kids is okay, and we can talk about the forced relocation of a people with a really shitty history on that. That's totally fine, but me pointing out that it sounds a lot like Hitler, that's wrong. So, um, yeah, this is unscripted. This is just me reacting. I have a lot on it. Um, it's just, mm. you know... I, uh, I, I, I listen to the bulwark. I, I, I mostly hate listen to it because these people are center-right at best. Um, and they're constantly telling me, oh, you know, liberals need to calm down. The Supreme Court's not that bad. And I'm just, like, screaming at them. I'm like, it's easy for you to say that. They, all their decisions you're in favor of. Like, if you were on the opposite end of all these decisions, you'd be singing a different tune right now, right? Uh, I listened to it, and, and the funny thing is, I prior to last night, I was even thinking it this week, that, that these guys spend way too much time focusing on the minority. Um, specifically, they were going after, I think it was Harvard and a few other uh, colleges uh, did their own, non-DSA-related, uh, they did their own uh, pro-Palestinian marches and uh and protests shortly like way too soon after that and and i thought they were talking about it way too much and they even got called on it one, one of the people on their show actually did like uh you know I, I think we're overblowing this like this is just a small contingent uh and he even made the analogy again with the uh you know defund the police uh defund the police was successfully attached to the democratic party even though no one in the Democratic Party of any real power or weight ever uttered the words. Uh, I mean, for fuck's sake, the president wants to do the opposite. Like, his slogan is, fund the police. And it's like, what the hell? Um, and right now, the right is doing an excellent job of taking a minority and projecting it onto the entire party and the majority. Which is rich, considering how many anti-Semites are in the fucking Republican Party. But whatever. Um, and prior to last night, I agreed with the guy. I think you guys are just overblowing the left. You know, you guys are villainizing uh, young kids. Kids. College students. They're kids. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Come on. I've said before, if you're under 25, don't fucking talk to me about your political views. 
you are a novice idiot fool who doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't care how many books you've read. I don't care how many college classes you went to. If you're under 25, you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you can't know what you believe. At that point in your life, everything prior to 25 years old, you're just parroting what you've heard. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I could just uh, uh, tell, tell the group, you know what? You guys are just young and have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Maybe that's the most generous view of this. I have no idea how old they are. Some of them didn't look that young. Um, but yeah, prior to last night, I would have said, yeah, the, the, the pro-Hamas wing that everyone's freaking out about on the left is extremely small extremely small i've never met anyone like that because again we all live in our own bubble right and in my bubble prior to last night i've never met any pro hamas people everyone i talked to which granted i don't have a huge circle of friends you know i got some cats i don't think they're anti-semites You know, but in my own personal circle and the people I talk to online and everything else, uh, prior to last night, I had never met anyone who said anything other than Israel has a right to exist. Um, civilian Killing civilians is bad no matter who the fuck does it. Like, I've also never met this uh, uh, staunch kill all the Palestinian people. Like, I've never met that person. Um, I'm sure they exist, but like in my bubble... I, I've never met somebody who was so pro-Israel that they wanted to eliminate all the Palestinians, with the exception of that, that guy who said that uh, he doesn't believe there's such a thing as a Palestinian who, who doesn't want to kill him, uh, who was in an earlier episode uh, just, just last week. You know, I, I, I consider him an outlier. He's the only one I've ever heard of. And he's one guy who, again, being generous, he's there in Israel. Uh, his experience, his emotional state is like ratcheted up way past 11. So I don't want to judge him too much for that. Again, you always want to judge slowly. Um, who knows? 10 years from now, me and him could see eye to eye. Right now, we don't. Uh, but I also acknowledge, you know, right now, he's in the middle of it. He does not have the luxury I do to stop and think about things. He's just fucking reacting. So that's something. But yeah, prior to yesterday, I would have been like, man, you guys are blowing this up. There are not that many idiots out there who actually think terrorism is a good thing and killing kids is ever justified. And I got hit with it, man, last night. There's a good, there's a good contingent of the DSA in my local chapter that's uh, definitely okay with it. Thinks it's justified and thinks... I'm the asshole. And I'm just like, wow. To be fair, online discussions are the worst place in the world to have talks like these. Um, there's a lot that, you know, isn't expressed. There's a lot that's missed in online text-based conversations. So, you know, I, 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 towards the end of it all, I thought I was pretty clear. I was like, is anyone willing to fucking say terrorism is bad? Like, Jesus. Uh, 
Um, terrorism is not good. Never justified. You want to be a rebel? Go attack who's actually guilty. Don't just fucking kill for the sake of killing. That's hate. That is pure, unadulterated hate. That has nothing to do with justice or what's right or wrong. For fuck's sake. They're kids. Um, crazy. Uh, might as well go ahead and say it. I was going to you know, uh, post this weekend. Uh, I'm going to change the format of this show. I have been desperately trying for the better part of two years now to make this a daily program. And while I would love to talk about the news every day like a like a real radio show host or anything like that um it's it's not feasible uh i have life duties this is not my job this is uh something i do uh i don't get paid for any of this so you know it, it's it's very difficult to produce also again i'm by myself this actually takes a long time and this show Today's, this episode is going to run insanely long, considering there are no clips and no intro, and it's just going to be me spewing to the camera. It's going to be long. Um, and, I mean, I haven't even edited it yet, and I'm, I'm looking at a clock of over an hour and ten minutes here uh, of me just talking. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the, the point is, is uh, the daily format that I would love to have, I simply, uh, in practice, have been unable to maintain. I might have a couple days, but you might have even noticed if I start on Monday, the Monday show will be pretty much the best of the week as far as editing and research and detail. And then the second show probably piggybacks a little on that one. And then the third show is a completely different topic, and I'm racing through it. Um, it's, it's just not feasible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change this to a weekly show, uh, hopefully posting. I was thinking I want to post on Sundays because as somebody who also consumes media like this, uh, nobody ever posts on Sundays. So Sundays, like there's nothing to listen to or watch. So I'm going to try to fill that void myself. Uh, I'll, uh, record on Saturday uh, do most of the work on Saturday and then post it on Sunday. That means the shows will be longer because um, I'll have more to talk about. I might do a few different segments. I might do a little 10, 15 minute segment every day of the week and then compile it into one massive thing for publication. Uh, I haven't decided on that yet. Uh, I'm also not sure this week's going to be a good week to do that um, since I had this idea, you know, yesterday. Um, we'll see. But going forward, I expect this to be just a, a weekly program that'll also give me more time to uh, find better clips and edit it and make it a little cleaner. Um, yeah, so that's coming. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening uh, and hearing me rant. Um, again, I I don't want to say give up on your political party, whatever it is, be it the Greens or DSA. If you have found a good local chapter that is not as fucked up as these... Uh, by all means, continue to support them. Make sure the funding you're giving stays local in the local chapter that you can verify and vouch for. Um, and that goes with any political party, really. I, I, I don't give to the you know Democratic National DNC, like, screw them. I would never give to them anyway, because that's, that's, a, that's a point in favor of the fundraisers. Like, I give specifically to individual Congress people whom 
I feel comfortable donating to. Uh, I advocate that. I, I would never advocate that, yeah, what, what we all really need is to donate more to the D DNC. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Again, uh, th thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, I really do appreciate it. And thanks for letting me rant. Um, this was just something I needed to get off my chest. And, um, you know... <sighs> Killing kids is bad. Who'd have thought that was a controversial statement, right? You guys have a great day. Thank you.